Welcome to Conscious Collaboration, the premier show for authentic discussions with growth-oriented leaders. Welcome to the Conscious Collaboration Podcast. I'm so pleased to be here with you today. My name is Yael Sibi, and I have the pleasure of having as my guest, Natalie Rast. Welcome, Natalie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So I'd like to tell you a little bit about Natalie before we jump into our conversation. Natalie Rast, who is a certified professional from the SHRM, which is the Society for Human Resources Management, is the head of people at Y7 Studio. If you don't know Y7 Studio, they are the yoga brand that's disrupting the fitness space and have rapidly expanded to include now 12 studios and counting in New York and Los Angeles. And what was very exciting is this past fall, they were named number 80 in the Inc. Magazine's fastest growing companies list. After launching her career at Warby Parker, another very cool startup, Natalie went on to build out the entire people department at Y7. And just to give you a sense of Y7's mission, it's to create an inclusive and accessible space for clients. What's very cool about Natalie's work is she aims to provide the same degree of nourishment and support to staff within Y7 as she does in sort of creating that environment without. And part of how she does that is by creating a culture of conscious collaboration and feedback at all levels of the organization. And that's a big part of what we're going to talk about today. Natalie's passions lie in a number of things, including employee relations, employee engagement, change management, management coaching, and culture building. Hi, Natalie. Hi, here we are. All right. So Natalie and I have never talked in front of a microphone before, but we have had many conversations. We talk a lot. We talk a lot. So this one just happens to include a microphone. So I hope it's okay, Natalie, as we get started. And as I've indicated to you before, each of these conversations starts out with me throwing our working definition of conscious collaboration to our guest and seeing what reactions, thoughts, feelings you have about it. So let's jump in if that's okay. Our current working definition of conscious collaboration is this is an attitude and a set of practices in working with and leading others that recognizes that much of what we do at work, particularly the interactions we have with others, not only are an opportunity for professional growth, but they're actually an opportunity to psychologically grow as human beings. And they're an opportunity to help the workplace be a more emotionally healthy place to be. So this is sort of our jam. This is how we work with leaders and teams. And I, I'm curious, what do you think of this working definition? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it absolutely resonates with me and really hits on a lot of the work that we've done together over the last couple of years. And I think one word that kind of sticks out to me when I think about it, too, is really this idea of intentionality. And it's really approaching each interaction in a way that's very thoughtful and also really thinking about the impact that you can have on others within the organization. I think one reason that it's so important is that there's this idea that we're not really fundamentally different people inside and outside of work, right? So if we're really kind of bringing our whole selves to work, then what does that look like? How are we showing up as individuals and how does that affect how we show up within a team? And I think that's a lot of what we focused on and really tried to hone in on. Thank you. So I didn't really say much about this at the beginning, but Natalie and I have been working together now for a few years. And I thought part of what might be fun in this podcast is to sort of speak to our own history of, of our collaboration. 
So I'm wondering if we could talk about our work together from your perspective, how we met, how you reached out, why you reached out, and sort of, yeah, what was the support you were seeking? And then we'll sort of jump into what it's looked like. Yeah, absolutely. So a big piece of why I reached out was that we had been a co-founding husband and wife-led team, and then they started building out their corporate leadership team right around when I started, but it had been just the two of them for four years prior leading the organization. And a big thing that we wanted to do was help them navigate their relationship as co-founders and also as husband and wife. And so what support could we provide to them externally there? And then separately, I think we realized that everything really starts at the top, right? And if an organization is unhealthy at the top, you can really feel that trickle down and you see it in every single level. So what additional support could we give our team, especially knowing that I'm still a team of one as well? And how can we really hone in on what we're doing at the top so that therefore every level under that really feels that support and the trust that we want within a really healthy team? One of the first things that we worked through in one of our sessions with you is this idea that there's kind of four stages of a team, right? And it's forming, storming, norming, and performing. And I would say that we were definitely in the forming and storming stages, for sure. It was a whole new structure that was set up, a lot of people working together really, really closely too, both like physically, literally, (laughs) and on the work that we were doing. At least when I started, we were in a tiny cubicle that we quickly outgrew within about two months. And I think when you're working in that type of startup environment and you are collaborating, you know, you have to make sure that you're doing it in a way that's effective. Otherwise, it's going to affect every other part of the organization. So I think that was a lot of what we talked about and decided on at first. And I think going back to this idea that we're not, you know, fundamentally different people inside and outside of work, I think some people might ask, why is this work important? Or you might have to justify it to to other types of companies. And for me, it's interesting to think about the fact that we spend like majority of our life around our coworkers, really, especially if you're living in New York City. And so why wouldn't we take the time to make sure that those relationships are healthy and that our team is healthy just as we would our personal relationships? You're singing my song. (laughs) So let's talk about then our timeline together. So I first started working with the co-founders, as you said, and one of my sort of personal interests has been when family members are also working together, because I find as a therapist and as a coach, the complexity is so rich and interesting and complex. And then we moved on, like you said, to supporting the leadership team. And we looked at sort of the stages of team development. We've done a number of retreats together. Do you want to talk to them about sort of what that looks like and what our work has been since then? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really neat for me because I actually remember each kind of vividly and they're like these snapshots of our organizational health at the time for me. So it's neat to kind of almost use those as markers and then to also look back now and see how far we've come and how the topics have changed. So the first thing that we did was really spend some time understanding each other's roles and responsibilities. And you would assume that in a close-knit team, everyone's doing this already, but I found that actually it's quite common that everyone isn't on the same page about these things, and there's not really a deep understanding of what other people are doing within the organization. So we spent some time working through that, set the basis for how to give and receive healthy feedback, because I think one of the things that I noticed pretty quickly was when I started at Y7 was that everyone was talking a lot, but there wasn't necessarily the typical conversations happening that need to happen a lot about what we were doing, but not necessarily the how and the why and the impact it was having. So we focused our first session on that and then kind of laying the foundation of what does trust on a team look like? What are the five dysfunctions of a team that we work through together? And what was neat in this first one is that we actually had some relationships that maybe needed a bit of work. And we did that very much in real time with you a few 
kind of interactions were had and he helped us navigate those and facilitate those that then had a much greater impact on the healthiness of those relationships outside of that room that day. And just to be clear, when we're talking sort of about the it, these are half day or three quarter day retreats where we sit together and we just focus on sort of these topics. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were describing, I think that was the first one. Yeah, that was the first one. Yeah. Um, and what's especially unique about Yal's approach and something I really appreciate and I think sets her apart from any other kind of coaches that I've worked with is we actually do anonymous one-on-one interviews with every single member of the leadership team prior to these retreats. So it's not just me coming in as the people team saying what I think we should focus on. It's truly a reflection of what's going on within the organization at that time. And I think it's such a difference to me than when I've just brought in a feedback training or, you know, worked on a specific topic that I think is beneficial for any organizations because you're really addressing the root of whatever is relevant. And I think that goes back to this idea of intentionality, right? And we're not just coming up with an agenda because it's what other companies are doing. We're looking at what we need at that time. I like that too. And, and it really gives me a sense when I walk in the room, what's on people's minds and sort of in a way, what the levers of change could even mm-hmm. be if we sort of have the right conversations. Yeah. Right? All right. So then we, we did some more work. Yeah. You want to just give us a sense of what else we've focused on? Yeah. A big thing that we did in the second retreat that has now stemmed to every single leader within our organization, not just our executive team that got to work through these things with Yell, was some ideas of what are really the foundations of conscious leadership. If our listeners are familiar with this idea of the line, that we're constantly operating either above or below the line. And it goes into really kind of our stress levels and how we're showing up within the organization. The idea of content versus contacts. Scarf was a big one that we still really like. These are a lot of different theories, right? But I think what's been cool for us is having this common language around our stress patterns, around kind of what makes us tick, what motivates us, what's more difficult for us in the workplace, and these kind of very set site theories that we can reference then after that has provided a level of comfort for us as team members because we can say, you know what, actually, I'm really below the line right now. I need to step out and have a minute. And it's a little easier to have those references aside from saying kind of like everything you're feeling inside within the workplace. Um, And we dove into a little bit more feedback on a deeper level. But I think those specific ideas of conscious leadership are really, really relevant for any team to start working through in any capacity, even if you maybe don't have the ability to do a full day retreat like this. They're really easy kind of language theories that we've been able to then pass down to our studio managers, our teaching managers, and have really become kind of pillars for us in the organization. I'm wondering, this is a little bit of a riff, something we've played with before, but one thought sometimes I have is you are all a millennial leadership team, the first all millennial leadership team I've ever worked with. And I think that even includes your newest member. He's maybe bored. check the, He's a, the yeah. limits on yeah. the millennial. Anyway, do you think there's any connection between the collective appetite you all have to be in a way so honest, so reflective, willing to talk about your psychological issues with each other and the fact that you're millennials, or is that just a coincidence? Any thought yeah. on that? It's an interesting question. I think one thing I will say is that we're constantly hearing, I think a big theme in the workplace right now is this learning and development is the biggest factor of engagement. And I've 100% that found that to be true. And I don't think of learning and development as just like professional courses someone's doing on their own. I think of this work and I think how, how we're growing inside the organization and then in turn how we're growing outside of the organization. And I think you're right. They're definitely, I can't speak to the past, but I do feel like 
this millennial generation is a little bit more, you know, we want to know the why behind things. We want to talk things out. We can't really move on and just like check boxes. We want to understand our impact a little more. And that's both, you know, in my personal life and my professional life. Yeah. We've been working together almost three years with the team. How have you seen the leadership team grow? You've spoken a little bit about this in terms of what you've learned, but any growth or changes you've seen as a result of our work together? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the first time I've ever seen feedback training, if you want to call it that, quote unquote, actually have a really, really huge impact and effect on the organization. And I think the way that we've worked through it together has just been really unique. And when we need to have difficult conversations, we're having them. A really clear example of this is when I first started, I launched our formal feedback. I kind of hate the word reviews, but feedback and reviews process is probably more common language on some companies out there. And we were doing them every other month, which may seem like a lot, but I felt like Like I was saying in the beginning, there was a lot of talking to each other, but not a lot of talking about how we were doing and the whys behind things and kind of those difficult, more challenging conversations. So I was like, we need to put this in place. We need to do it every other month. This year, for the first time, we actually switched to quarterly because I found that when people need to have a conversation, they're having it. They're not waiting for this kind of platform to be available to do it. We're giving peer-to-peer feedback. We're giving upward feedback. And I think that's been a huge huge win within the organization and you can see how that affects every single aspect of a team. I think there's a tremendous amount of openness and trust and I think back to our retreat was November of last year so two retreats ago and I was sitting there and it was just kind of this aha moment for me of there's this deep appreciation for each other and understanding of what each other is doing and just really trust that the other person can handle what they say they're going to handle. And it's it's quite unprecedented for me. I've never been a part of a team where I feel this, and it's for me the highest driver of my personal engagement. One exercise that we did in that retreat was, it's called these superpower cards that you gave us. A really cool deck, and it's a ton of different qualities. And you would think, for some reason, the words feel very different than other adjectives that you would say about yourself or you would say about others, and they really relate more to how you show up in the workplace. And what we did was we actually did them for each other. So we picked three for the person sitting to the right of us. And I thought to myself, could we have even done this two years ago? And like, could other companies do this and feel really confident about it and feel as passionate about it? I mean, there were almost tears in the room when we did it. And that for me is such, such a win and such a unique aspect of our team that I try to kind of explain to others when I talk about why I love my job so much. And then I think to bring it back to the business, last year was our biggest year of growth, hands down. We opened just four studios in the first quarter alone. We were listed as the 80th fast-owned company for Inc. And I think you can't really not tie the two, right? And this work takes time and it takes practice and it's not going to happen overnight after one retreat. But I think sitting there in November and realizing where we were at as a team and then also looking at the success we had as an organization is absolutely very tied. That When you told me that recently, we were talking about this little bit and I just was so excited to hear that because I think, as you know, as a therapist and a coach, this work just excites me in and of itself because we're having honest, real conversations, I think, that build authentic relationships. But the fact is that not... For not everybody is that enough of a reason to do a leadership retreat yeah. <laughs> on a semi-annual basis. And the fact that you see it as actually connected to and supportive of your growth as an organization business-wise is just very exciting to me. Yeah, because I think you kind of get rid of that drama, right? Like you get rid of the politics and you can actually focus on growing this business. Yes. And it's so rewarding to be able to get to a place where you feel like you're doing that. I think it was the same retreat that 
one of our team members looked at you and said, because one thing that Yael does is she um, starts every retreat with reflecting some of the themes back to the team that we talk about on an individual anonymous level with her. And she was sharing some things and one of our employees just goes, so you're saying we're cured. And it was a funny joke, but it, but it's true. I think it was really neat to see how far we've come as a team and then in turn as an organization. Great. So let's see, a few more things I wanted to cover before we finish up. Parallel to our work together, there's also been some work done at Y7 in creating something called the Anthem. And I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about what is the Anthem, how is it developed, and what, if any, connection does the Anthem have to what we've been talking about today? Yeah, so the Anthem is something that we launched this year. We are really excited. It's really a definition of who we are as a brand, our ethos, and really what we are as our core and why we do what we do for our clients. And I think, especially in today's world, the boutique fitness space is, is very saturated. There's tons of studies or studios. There's tons of yoga studios popping up here and there. So what is different about Y7? What are we really doing to create this inclusive space and break down barriers to make yoga more accessible for other people? This was a marketing effort. It's something our brand and creative team worked on and launched. And what was really neat was that every marketing piece around it featured our clients and our employees. So actual members of our team, not like external models, which I think was really neat. And what's neat is I actually had no involvement with this piece of work. It was an external piece of work, but it really aligns with everything that we're doing internally. And I think my goal coming in in 2016 was, I love this place. I was a client for a long time. I love what we're doing. How do I create what we're creating externally, internally? And so to see this, this brand piece come out that was actually really resonated with me in our internal efforts was really neat. And just to give you a taste of what I'm talking about, there's a few lines that I think really stick out. One of them is, we believe in gritty over pretty and practice over perfection. So obviously that relates to the yoga space, right? And that relates to being in the room at Y7, but it also really relates to the work that we've done as an organization and how we want to approach everything we continue to do. Um, another one of my favorites is, I believe that the toughest minds build the strongest minds. And I think it goes to a lot of this too. You know, if you're avoiding conversations, you're avoiding opportunity for growth. And so how are we embracing those tough moments and how are we coming out stronger on the end as a team and as a business? And if people want to see more of that anthem and there's a really great video and everything, they can go to Yeah, you can head to the Y7 Studio website and I definitely recommend it. There are hopefully other managers and leaders and maybe directors of people listening to this wondering, you know, what do they need to keep in mind if they want to create more healthy, inclusive, collaborative workspaces? Any tips, do's or don'ts in terms of what you've learned and what you'd suggest? Yeah, I would say one, it has to be authentic, right? I think everyone can say they want this, but if it doesn't really start at the top and you don't have everyone bought in, not just the people or the HR team, you can feel that within this work. And I can tell every time we enter a retreat, even employees who maybe this wasn't something they were used to doing at previous companies come in and are truly bought into the work that we're doing. And I think that's a huge piece of it. I think one thing I'll say, it's not always going to be easy. It's not always easy sitting in the room with Yael and she's reflecting the team back to just me and our founder and we're hearing some difficult feedback and we're thinking, ah, we feel like we're doing that, you know? So you have to get a little bit honest with yourself and you have to be ready to hear things that maybe you don't want to hear, but I think that's how you're actually going to create change versus picking like an off-the-shelf training to work through. And I would say another big one is the team that works with Yael is just our executive team, but we've really focused on 
How can we spread it outside of that room? And how can we spread it outside of that team? And I think if you don't work to engage your the levels of management below that, it's just such a, it's such a waste, right? Because an organization is not just an executive team. It's your, for us, it's our front desk. It's our yoga teachers. Those are the heart of our organization. It's our cleaning staff. It's our studio managers. And also if you are engaging those studio managers and those teaching managers and trickling down some of the things that you work with at the leadership level at the top, there's such a big reward. I think we've really focused the last year or so in doing that and engaging that mid-level management team. And they have so much to say and so much to bring to the table. And they're the ones closer to your clients than you are a lot of times if you're in a business like ours. So I think that those would be my few recommendations. And just work with Yael if you can. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your last comment was reminding me there's a book called Multipliers and this idea that the best leaders are basically trying to create the conditions for other leaders to grow. And I feel like that, when I think about how you've taken this material and continued to engage with the next level down and the next level down, it feels like you're trying to multiply yeah, the effect. Yeah, 100%. Everyone knows about above and below the line. It's a frequently used phrase in our office. Um, it's been really cool to think of ways that we can work through those. And, and it's super interesting and rewarding for them, too. You know, And they also don't want to just only be talking about their day-to-day -day every day. They want to be growing and learning and sharing. Right. So as, as, as we finish up, you know, the theme, as I said, about conscious collaboration has to do with we, and it sounds like you don't see professional personal growth as disconnected, but really two sides of the same coin. So I'm wondering, in the spirit of just your own growth, any examples that you'd like to share with us about how you've grown as a person as you've grown professionally over these past few years? Yeah, absolutely. I think one really tactical skill that I've built up is my ability to give upward feedback and to take that in, I think I've, as HR, you're kind of used to giving it to different levels with the organization, but that was always the most challenging for me. And then I think, too, I come in and my approach is that I, I deeply care about the work that we're doing and I deeply care about the organization. And I think sometimes there's this balance for HR of, you know, you have to toe the line of being honest and being open, but making sure you're also not saying the wrong thing, right? Because you're kind of protecting the organization. So figuring out how I can be vulnerable and how I can be fully present in conversations and be myself and be authentic when I'm speaking with employees or when I'm doing this work with our team, but then also make sure that I'm kind of staying in my role as well. And I think a lot of times, at least for me, like you're kind of the glue. And I think that's the difference between like a people team and like the traditional HR team where it was focused a little more on, you know, benefits, payroll compliance is if I really want to keep this team healthy, you know, what else am I doing to make sure that I'm showing up and I'm being my best and I'm supporting myself and giving myself the nourishment that I need as well. Yale has been an amazing sounding board and just kind of contributor to my growth throughout all of this as well. You can see when you've grown and it's easier for me to remind people of the things that we've worked through together or to share it with other companies or other leaders in the space. And that's really exciting for me is that it doesn't just live in a bubble, you know, we're constantly thinking of ways to keep this work relevant within our organization outside of the work that we do on these one day retreats. I notice as I listen to you, I feel proud and touched and excited and I just want to say it's you know in this forum at least publicly it's just been such a privilege to work with you Natalie and this team thank you for the opportunity thank you no we are we're so grateful it's really been instrumental for us and I think I'm just excited to see where it goes I think what's cool about each time we come together is like I said it's different and it's based on what we need at that time um, so I'm excited to see what's next yeah for us. we keep we keep watching and growing so I want to thank our listeners. I hope this has been 
helpful to you. Natalie and I are also co-writing an article about our work together, so should you be interested in more, stay tuned for where that will live. But in the meantime, thanks again so much, Natalie, for making Thank the you. time. And have a great day.